Hey, what's up, Chris? Hello. Hey. Can you hear me all right? Yeah, I can hear you fine. All right. <clears throat> all right, well, it's already recording, so I guess we should jump right into it. Do you have the list in front of you? Yeah, I do. All right. So we're not going to do Crisis right now. We're not going to do Anime. I'm assuming you haven't watched Dragon Prince. No. Like I said, I'm not fluent with um, anime or anything like that. The only thing I've watched is uh, Death Note and a little bit of Blue Metal Alchemist and also um, it's. I'm trying to think of the other one, but either way it goes. I, I forgot which one it was that I'm actually fluent with. <clears throat> okay, fair enough. All right, so first official podcast. <laughs> this should be fun because I've never done this before. <laughs> so you haven't done any of the other any episodes before this, or is this like the actual real official? This is the real official launch. Okay. So I've done side things, but this is actually getting into it now. Okay. So, all right, so for... Just, I guess, just jump right in. I'm Chris. And I'm John from Movie Lovers Unite. And uh, welcome to the Hotel Nerd podcast, uh, official podcast of the Hotel Nerd uh, Facebook group. And we also now have a Twitter, which I will post a link to um, in, the in the description for this episode. So jumping right in. A uh, big story that uh, popped last night. Uh, Sony and PlayStation announced that they will not be at E3 for the second year. Which is so. Do you have any concerns about that? What's that? Do you have any concerns about that? or? I do a little bit, considering the fact that PlayStation 5 is coming. I don't understand why they're skipping it. Well, don't forget, too. I mean, yeah, we have Xbox that re- released what their system's going to look like and also what they're going to be doing with their stuff. But don't forget, we don't, we don't even know what the PS5 is even going to look like. We have prototypes and different type of dairies and stuff like that as to what it's going to look like, but that doesn't mean that it's actually going to look like that. There's probably a long process on what Sony is trying to come up with, and it's just taking a little bit longer for them to actually do. Which is not a surprise when you look at the gaming industry in itself and everything, too, with what they're, what they're trying to work on. Don't forget, they're actually going to be doing backwards compatibility for every single PlayStation game. That's so, therefore, true. they might actually. Right. So, what I'm thinking is this is me speculating coming off right off the cuff. <laughs> I'm thinking that the reason why it's going to take so long is don't forget the backwards capabilities. And is it going to have the same resolution that we actually have with high-definition TVs? Or is it the resolution going to drop a little bit because it's old technology mixed in with new technology? There's also that that they have to play with, too. My other... I mean, I was really hoping to see PlayStation make a, a presentation, if not anything else, just to give details a little bit about the PS5 is... Is this going to be our first foray into a discless system, like an actual straight-up 
no physical media. I mean, I know Xbox tried it here uh, just a heartbeat ago, and it didn't go over terribly well. But I was wondering if Sony would be the first one to venture out and actually say, hey, we got the balls to actually want to do this. True. And plus, they also have the catalog of PS1 games now, and now they're working. And then they also, I think they have, what, PS2 and 3 games now in their catalog system? Just PS1 games. Yeah, I believe so. I really haven't. I mean, if you're talking about right now with PlayStation Now, I'm assuming that's what you're talking about. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. What they have in their catalog for as far as digital media goes. I actually haven't looked at PlayStation Now in probably about six months, to be honest. But from what you last looked at, though, what did you see? I saw PS3 only. Okay. So my guess is they would have to go on ahead, upload a lot more stuff to actually have the digital media that they actually want if they go down the route of actually doing a whole entire system, which is digital media. That's a big, huge chunk of a catalog. <laughs> that's very true. I mean, that's what PlayStation 1 launched 96. Yeah, about 96. So you're looking at 24 years worth of content. Exactly. Unless they go and do what streaming services are doing, where they upload a certain amount at certain certain amount of times, and then they go into the PS2, upload a certain amount during that time, and then do a little, little bit at a time instead of doing a big old huge chunk at once. So there's also that aspect on what they could possibly be doing. That's true, too. I mean, this is why I would like to see Sony at E3, not even enough not to showcase the system, just to say, hey, this is what we're doing. Like, actually lay it out for everybody that's not in the, the realm, I guess would be a good word. Right, outside um, of the realm of the gaming community where we yeah, watch E3 like, all the time. To entice the quote-unquote normal people to uh, potentially buy their new equipment. We can put down the average gamer in that sense. Just like I have the average moviegoer. So the average uh, gamer that only doesn't keep up with the news itself just goes on ahead and looks at the system and stuff like that. So we can go on ahead and just call it the average gamer if you want to call it that way. I was trying to think of a term for it. I couldn't come up with it off the top of my head, so (laughs) <laughs> what do you think of that idea the average gamer yeah yeah let's go with that the average gamer that's that sounds a lot more better than a quote-unquote normal person right <clears throat> but you were saying about the average gamer though yeah um, like to entice them to want to buy the system like okay like not even get into the technical babble about it just be like here's the games that are coming Here's our backwards catalog. This is what we're giving you. This is how much we're giving you. And this is the launch date. And this is the launch price. You don't have to go into the techno babble and go with the oohs and the ahs. You just come out straightforward, say, here's points A, B, C, and D. And we'll showcase the uh, the system at a later date. Right. Another thing, too, is, like, I would like to actually know some of their original work that they're actually working on, too, besides their older work with the catalogs. 
Dude, yeah, well, that's, that's what I mean. Like, that would be like your C category where you showcase all your IPs. Right. Did you know Xbox is going to come out like Rocky Balboa just slug away? Well, they do forget, every year. Right. Xbox is always hitting home runs out of the park every single time. And Sony's like the tourist that just goes on ahead and slows down. Not and every then, time. Not right. every time. Let's let's right. rewind back to the Xbox One announcement. <laughs> Can you say disaster? <laughs> true. That that was true. I forgot about that. that <laughs> There's a <laughs> that reason was... why that guy is not Xbox PR anymore. That's true. I forgot about that. <laughs> <laughs> That's just as bad as when Bill Gates introduced Windows 98 and it crashed on him. <laughs> That's how bad <laughs> the whole entire scenario was. Yeah, and ironically, Microsoft. Right. <laughs> That's the point I'm getting at because I remember during the launch of Windows 98 during a live pro- uh, conference. When that was at CES, wasn't it? Huh? Wasn't that at CES? Uh, I believe so. But I remember Bill Gates was over there uh, trying to sell the product to everybody and it was that like that where it was like live and it crashed on him right then and there in front of a live audience. Was it 98 or was it Millennium? It was, I believe, it was Millennium, if I'm not mistaken. I have to yeah, go back. I know Millennium was the buggy one. Yeah, it was Millennium. It wasn't '98. I'm sorry about that. But either way it goes, I still remember during that time period, and that's actually the same thing that same concept with the Xbox One, in a sense. Yeah, it is Microsoft. Mm. Their issue with the Xbox One wasn't so much the software, it was the fact that they went and said, well, you have to be connected to the internet 24-7. You have to have the connect connected to the Xbox 24-7. And then they went and they got all the backlash and they're like, oh, no, you don't. We're going to patch that out. Well, get this, when my ex-fiance got a Xbox and everything, it was all online stuff. It was back in 2015 or 2016 when she got hers, and it wasn't even patched or anything. It was still the same type of system where you actually have to be connected to the internet, and she didn't have the internet. And I had to do all the running updates for it because she didn't have the internet. So uh, she got one of the Scorpio editions. I think so, yeah. Yeah, see, I didn't get a Scorpio edition. I got, I didn't pre-order that early yet. I think it was the one where it had, uh, what's that war game? It was where you can actually get Call of Duty and also another uh, war game. Yeah, it's been so long, I'm blanking. But anyways, it was out of that bundle pack. But either way it goes, I mean... Sony still has to go on ahead and earn its stripes right now instead of us making us wonder what they're going to be working on. Well, yeah, because Xbox came out of the gate right at the Video Game Awards here at the end of last year and just like, oh, yeah, by the way, here's our system. And it's like, that's pretty freaking awesome. (laughs) Right. Not only did they announce the system, but then they got Keanu Reeves to top the icing off the cake, too, to sell their the video game. Yep. Cyberpunk. Yep. So that's what put the icing on the cake for them. And then here's Sony like, okay, what should we announce now? 
Let's go with backwards compatibility. Yeah, well, that's why I'm saying, like, I'm I'm scratching my head here at why Sony's opting not to participate at E3. I think they're going to shoot themselves in the foot on that one. I think so, too. But like, last year, I can understand. This year, you're behind the eight ball a little bit to Microsoft. You need to do something. Right. But who's to say that Microsoft won't have any hiccups, though? So maybe they're counting on some hiccups to actually happen to where they can actually move in and be like, okay, well, you remember what? Remember PlayStation? Well, guess what? We have a new slate of stuff coming your way. So maybe that's what they're banking on. I don't know. I'm really hoping, and I've been hoping this for the past, I don't know, three years, is that we get it to where, because Xbox is willing to play ball. Nintendo is finally breaking the mold and ready to play ball, which is saying something for Nintendo. And we're getting Xbox One exclusives over to Nintendo eventually here. I want to say in the next couple of months. I can't remember which games they are. But from what I heard, they're cross-playing a couple of them. I'm waiting to hear the announcement that Sony and Xbox is actually going through and they're going to do that because, I mean, that's the next door that they need to kick open because everybody's asking for it. There's so much money to be made there. Not only that, but think of the competitions too, where you can actually have people competing against who's the better gamer. Yeah. So now everything's limited. Right. One, my one friend, uh, he um, went and said it very well uh, in NASCAR terms. Uh, as a matter of fact, uh, Shane, who's one of our admins at Hotel Nerd on the Facebook group, he also went and said this too. Probably a couple of days afterwards, is Right now, the video game industry is, think about, if you're an NASCAR fan, think of Talladega, think of Daytona with restricted plates, which I know they, they got rid of them. So before anybody jumps me for that, I know restricted plates aren't a thing anymore, but go back to restricted plate days, and you governed the engine. And I'm, I'm not no car junkie at all, but I know that you're limiting speed. Right. You're limiting competition. That's basically where we're at right now in the video game realm. Once you kick that door open to crossplay, you don't have a restrictor plate on your car anymore. You can take that racetrack full song, no issues. And pretty much like that's what we need to do right now. Right. And for some reason, Sony doesn't want to play ball. Sony is that little kid on the playground that says, I'm taking my ball and I'm going home. <laughs> I wonder what the cause and the I wonder why they don't want to do that though. It's not like they're gonna be losing any money out of it. Well there Sony has a really nasty track record of it's my way or the highway. That's true. If Sony doesn't have control. Sony doesn't want to do it. And that translates even over to the movies. We saw that here with Disney and Sony. Well, with Spider Man. Well, like, I can't really 
fault Sony for that situation because of the fact that I've actually dug a lot more into that situation. No, they were justified. I'm not saying that they weren't justified, but, I mean, it's kind of funny that it took a drunk Tom Holland to make that come together, which I I still laugh at every time I hear the story. (laughs) But, you know, I think that Sony's actually making the right moves now as far as things going forward. But as far as the video game industry in itself and everything, that's another story. Yeah. Either or, keeping on with video games, and being that I already touched on Spider-Man, so this is a pretty, in my opinion, a good segue for a rookie. Um, Marvel's Avengers was just announced that it got delayed. Uh, it was announced a couple hours ago. The video game's delayed until September 4th. And basically, their press release is saying that they want to get the game right before they release it. They don't want to release a broken game. Right. And that's understandable. I mean. Yeah. And I'm fine with that. Give me a great game. I will wait another year if I have to. Right. Because and the perfect example of that is Red Dead Redemption. Look how many times that game was delayed. Over and over again. (laughs) And the only thing that they couldn't fix is the online gameplay during the time of the release. But as far as the game itself as a whole. It was a it was a great game for when it came out. And it kept on getting pushed back and pushed back and pushed back. So I think with uh what Marvel is doing is it the right thing. They want to go ahead and make sure they have all the bugs worked out. They want to go ahead and actually release a game that they know that they would actually buy themselves rather than just doing a half assed job at it and just selling you a part of a game that you know that you may or may not like. Because I know for a fact, if I ended up getting like a half-ass game and it sucked, I'll be going over to GameStop or trying to sell it on. On well, you're have, if you do that, you're gonna have a Mass Effect Three situation, right? And Mass Effect franchise is still not rebounded from that. Or you're gonna have an Assassin's Creed situation. I mean, do we really need to talk about Assassin's Creed Unity and the uh, no face eyeballs look? I haven't played. Uh, uh, look that one up on YouTube. If you haven't seen the videos, it's creepy as hell. <laughs> <laughs> so you're telling me that all the main, every character don't have eyes? No, it's a glitch. It shows up occasionally. It'll either be an NPC or it'll be you. To where, uh, mainly, if I recall correctly, I haven't played the game because I avoided it, like the plague, because of this issue. Uh, they probably have it well fixed by now, but um, you don't have a face, and it's just your mouth and your eyeballs. Oh my god, that is, <laughs> that is creepy that as is really creepy. It's like straight out of a Freddy Krueger nightmare movie. <laughs> Maybe it was an Assassin's Creed apocalyptic time period. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that's what happened, but you know. These things happen, you know, with video games and stuff like that, you know? Yep. Another big release that got pushed back, not not a lot. It's supposed to come out March 3rd, but it's pushed back to April 10th. It's Final Fantasy VII Remake. And basically that's because they want to do finishing touches. And that's for the Final Fantasy VII, you said? Yep. Final Fantasy VII Remake. I'm excited for that. 
I've been excited. Oh, since I've been waiting. My big problem is, as far as I know, it's confirmed it's going to be episodic, and I I don't like that idea. I wish it was like the whole thing. I don't want it to be episodic. Where it had separated into episodes, right? Yeah. You see, I don't like when they do that because it's confusing as hell to me. Because with Hitman, it's also episodic as well. Instead of playing like one whole video game, they split it up into like episodes. And it's confusing to me to act whenever they do that. You know, because I want to play a whole video game, not episodes. Yeah, that's that's my thing too. Like if I'm gonna play Final Fantasy Seven, I wanna play Final Fantasy Seven. Exactly. So. And then they're also remaking um Resident Evil Three Nemesis. Yep. I do they have a release date announced on that one? They're doing some stuff with it right now, but they did release the concept art for Nemesis on what he's going to look like now that he's been updated, and uh, it actually looks pretty cool. I played the remastered version for Resident Evil 2, and that thing is really cool. I'm probably going to get some heat for this for people that do eventually listen to this, but I say the Favorite Final Fantasy game, Final Fantasy game, other than seven, is Dirge of Cerberus. You see, for me, it's eight. Final Fantasy eight for me. I thought Dirge of Cerberus is really good because I thought the gameplay, the the fight style, and everything, I I like that style. Did you play the newest one that they had out? No, I haven't picked up a Final Fantasy game in the past two years or so. Check that one out because that one was actually pretty fun to play. Because I actually enjoyed playing that one. The plot and everything was really cool, and the characters are very relatable. Is that the one where they're driving the cars? In yeah. the okay, it's very different with the setup and everything. But as far as an open world Final Fantasy game, it's really good. Yeah, I'll look at that. All right, well, that's all the gaming news that I got. Unless something else breaks between now and the time that we sign off here. Um, so, we're in the playoffs for the NFL. We've had a couple what-the-hell games. Um, <laughs> three in particular I can think of. Right. Two of them involving Tennessee. <laughs> and Baltimore. Yeah, Tennessee Patriots, Tennessee and Baltimore are the two big ones. I cannot believe that actually happened. Like, I was expecting a whole cleanup with Baltimore taking over Tennessee. And Tennessee just swooped in there like they were nothing. Oh, they made Lamar Jackson look like he was a high school football player. Right? Like, they're like, Lamar Jackson? Lamar Jackson who? (laughs) Exactly. Who's this guy that you say is a great running quarterback? Well, not anymore. (laughs) (laughs) Who's this guy that's supposed to be the MVP this year? (laughs) It was like Danos did a snap, and all of a sudden, all his special abilities was just wiped away. (laughs) (laughs) That's what it seemed like to me. It was like, oh, yeah, you're good? That was it. 
Not no more. <laughs> right. And uh, <laughs> San Francisco is looking dangerous. I've been saying San Francisco has been looking dangerous since week four. You know, I like the fact that Jimmy is coming out of his own now. Oh, yeah. I, I really – a friend of mine at work down at the hotel, um, hence the name of the channel, Hotel Nerd, uh, he's actually front desk uh, manager. He's a Patriots fan too, and him and I both said that we would love to have seen it be Brady versus Garoppolo in the Super Bowl. That would have been awesome. And then it would have been can the can the student surpass the master and then they could have tied in the Star Wars theme because it would have been like a Vader Obi Wan thing. I could actually see it. You know they would have played that so hard. You know that they would have. I mean I cannot be light side. We cannot be the only ones that have thought of that. Right. (laughs) And then Tennessee's like, um, yeah, about that. Forget that. But, <laughs> you know, it's just last year when Jimmy was playing, I was like, you know what? I feel like Jimmy got traded too soon. I felt like he needed to go on ahead, be under the training of Brady still. I felt like that building a franchise with him that early was a mistake. But now he's actually got a groove going. He actually knows what he what he's doing. And on top of that, he also has a team that's working with him, not against him. So that's actually a plus side on that on that part. Well, their defense is stacked. It really when, is. It's like having a great wall of China. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And their offensive line ain't too shabby either. No. I want I mean, them to take it all. J- Jimmy can sit back and just basically be Tom Brady in the pocket. He doesn't have to move. Right, and you know what, though? He's more relaxed this season than he was last season. Well, he's also not hurt either. That's another thing, too. But it's just good to see that he's more relaxed in the pocket now. And he's able to concentrate more versus when we first saw him. Yeah, this year's San Francisco 49ers, um, in comparison to last year's San Francisco 49ers, if you were to take that team last year, that was this year's Pittsburgh Steelers. Yep. And they were on, like, their second-string practice quarterback, (laughs) which is horrible to say. They had five different quarterbacks this year. Right. And I feel like that New England needs a backup quarterback. Well, it's just like if Brady does end up retiring because he's free agent now and – Come to think of it, Drew Brees is free agent too. So, like, wrap your head around that one once. Right. Um, they retire. Who replaces them? Because I can't think of anybody. Right, but I wouldn't be surprised if New England tries to pick up the LSU quarterback. I think he's gone before they get to him in the draft. I, right. We're so far down in the draft list. Right, and I want to say probably Cincinnati would probably snatch him up. Oh, yeah, I mean, they'd be stupid not to. Right. But as far as a franchise itself and everything with New England, I know uh, Kraft doesn't want to get rid of Brady. He wants him to retire as a Patriot. I know that much. Well, yeah, I mean, he's voiced that 
countless times. Right. But he made that comment recently, too. So that's why I was bringing that up, too. Um, but weren't you trying to get uh, about the uh, the trailers for the Super Bowl, too, though, that you were wondering about? Yeah, I was getting to that. We just kind of went down a little rabbit hole. Hey, it's okay. We can talk sports a little bit. <laughs> but, um, segwaying into that, uh, kind of like a mid-segue is who are you predicting right now with the four teams that are left? Who are you predicting to go? Okay, I'm predicting San Francisco, Tennessee. That's who, I, that's who I'm going for. I don't see Green Bay actually making it. And everything, and well, they're going to run into the buzzsaw known as the 49ers, right? And Kansas City is a flash of the pan this year, right? They're either it's... playing really good or really bad. In case in point, last week's game was complete microcosm of that. Like the first half, they they were shut out, weren't they? In the first I mean, half, yeah. And then they did 41 unanswered points in the second half. Right. So. Right. But Kansas City's always looking good every single year. Tennessee's that little team that can, and they show up every year. And I said this to Dan, who's the front desk uh, manager at work. I went, I said to him, you'll probably hear me reference him a lot when we're talking football, because he's the main guy I talk football with. Um, But. I want to say that Tennessee's that little team that could, and they're like, oh, yeah, we got to the playoffs. And everybody's like, okay, here, have a cookie. Have a participation trophy. And then they're out in the wild card. This year, they're like, take your participation trophy, take your cookie, and shove it. Exactly. There's just something about them. All of a sudden, they got hot, like, out of nowhere. They're hungry for it now. Now that they have their groove, they're hungry for it. But for movie trailers and everything, who are you? What are some of the trailers that you're thinking that might actually be showing up? I have four of them. Cause I didn't want to get too heavy with this. Cause I think four movie trailers during the Super Bowl, one trailer per quarter. Right. And maybe one during halftime if you really, really wanted to put it. Because that halftime show, I'm sorry, I can't remember who it is. Because I'm, that's how much interest I have in Super Bowl halftime. Is I'm so interested in it that I can't remember who's in it. I forgot who's in it. <laughs> but it, it's, I know when I heard it, it was like, really? Okay, well, I need to find something to kill half an hour in the Super Bowl. So that's how. Not interested, I am. Well, my, uh, my four trailers Ghostbusters Afterlife. Granted, I know they just dropped that trailer, but Ghostbusters Afterlife, I think you're going to get another trailer and you're going to see the old team, you're going to see the whole old cast from the 84 Ghostbusters. I think Fast that would nine. be right. Fast Nine, because Ben already dropped the nugget there at the Video Game Awards that there's a trailer out there and it's something like two and a half minutes long. Or no, four and a half minutes long, I think is what he said it was. Which is ridiculous. 
For a trail? Yeah. So basically it tells me it might be more than just a trailer. It could be a clip. I'm wondering if it isn't a montage to Paul. That's true. Like you do a two-minute montage and then you have a a two-and-a-half-minute trailer. But here's the thing. I'm... I'm done as far as the Fast and the Furious franchise goes. If they're going mm-hmm. down this thing with Paul Walker again and they're actually thinking about him pursuing putting his face on his, on his uh, brother or whatever again, I'm not all for that. They're trying to fulfill Paul's wish of doing 10 Fast and the Furious movies. Yeah, I saw where he's that's not counting. That's not counting Hobbs and Shaw. Right, because that's his own separate universe. Yeah. But from what I heard, too, that the ho- the beef between The Rock and Vin Diesel is now done. So, therefore, they can actually go ahead and do a 10th Fast and the Furious movie with Hobbs and God. <laughs> Sorry about that. Okay. Yeah, I heard that, too, that The Rock and Vin finally got their shit together. Right. But I'm excited to know when maybe we might actually get a good Ghostbusters trailer with the old 1980s um, classic Ghostbuster. Yeah, I mean, I would like to see them do something with the kids. My favorite part of that trailer was there's two parts: is when they showed the old footage of them walking down the streets in New York City on YouTube, and where. Paul Rudd went and said that New York City was basically the walking dead. Yep. I love that part. And then where you have Peter's monologue to Ray at the beginning of 84, they call it fate, call it karma. I loved how they played that. I do too. That was my favorite thing in the trailer as well. What I would love to My trepidation though. Can I do have a little trepidation? to this trailer, to this movie. So I do not want them using Gozer again. I don't and think they're, gonna go like that they're route. going that way. I don't see them doing that route because, number one, it's already been done before and not only that, I think that they, they would want to do something different with, and something fresh with this cast because the why demon do the same dogs thing over again that you've already done? But the demon dog's there. It could be a tip of the hat to where maybe he got out of one of the traps. Well, you can't get out of a trap if you're blown up. Well, that's true, too. But maybe it's just a tip <laughs> of the hat. Well, like I said, it could be some type of suspend disbelief type of thing where maybe something winded up have it happening to where he got uh, maybe something happened to where he's actually back temporarily or something. I don't know. That's just me speculating. But I want to see these old classic Ghostbusters train um, Egon's grandkid and their and their friends. Yeah, how to catch ghosts. That's what yeah. I want to see. Now, also, there's a theory going around that have you played the Ghostbusters video game, the uh, one that had all the old cast in it? No, I haven't played played that one. Wasn't that for the PS2 at the time? Three. Okay. No, nah, I haven't played it. All I right. I remember well, seeing that movie at one time, but I never played it. There's a theory that because you play this character called Rookie, that's just what they call you. 
and that Paul Rudd is going to be the movie embodiment of that character. I'm sold for that if they go with that theory. Because really, Ghostbusters, the video game was Ghostbusters three. Right, I so remember. If you that. go by, if you go by that can, if you go by that canon, that means that this is Ghostbusters four. True. Because you don't count the Melissa McCarthy movie because that was just all together just its own separate thing without any continuity to the other films. Yeah. Now, how many times did you have to watch the trailer before you realized that it said Shandor Mining Company on the sign? To be honest with you, I didn't even notice that. Yeah. I noticed it on my third watch because I was so like, Engrossed and just taking everything in, and then when I finally started deep diving on it, I saw Shandor Mining Company. I lost it. Like, yes, they got Shandor involved again. It's like, oh god, are we gonna have a reference to where this guy's a dick in this movie too? No, Shandor was the guy that made the building. Because remember, right in the jail when they're in jail, right? I remember. Peter goes and says, so what, you're saying that they don't make buildings like this anymore? And Ray went said, no, they never made buildings like this. The guy was either a certified genius or a bona fide wacko. Right. And I'm glad and, they actually put that architecture architect back into this uh, whole entire series thing now. And they referenced that he had a mining company in the original movie. That's true. So is that where he got all that metal? That would make sense. So, like, I can literally just do an entire episode on Ghostbusters, but I'm not going to. Right, but I'll be sold for that. (laughs) I'm going to cut that rabbit hole off right now. (laughs) Welcome, everyone, to the Hotel Nerd Network, brought to you by Anchor. What's Anchor, you say? It is an easy way to make a podcast like this one for free. That's right, I said it, for free. But not only that... You can record from the comfort of your home, on the PC, or on the go with your phone. They have everything you need to make a podcast in one place. The best feature is that they even distribute the podcast for you on multiple platforms, so you don't have to stress on getting your content out there for the world to hear. Looking for a free and easy way to make a podcast? Download the Anchor app on your mobile device or go to anchor.fm to get started. Now, please sit back and enjoy the show. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, what other trailer do you think that might they might actually be dropping? This one I don't know much about. Maybe you do, but I don't. Pixar has a movie coming out called Soul. To be honest with you, I haven't really heard that much about that movie. I remember seeing the teaser for it and wondering, what is this even about? I didn't even see the teaser. Oh, I think I know. I think I know. Now I think I remember what's going on. Because I did remember seeing the trailer for it when I went to see Adam's Family. Don't ask me why I saw that animated movie. Um, <laughs> but anyways, I remember seeing the trailer for it. It's basically this guy who's, text, who's actually passionate about music and stuff like that. He's texting on his phone and he falls into a sore. And he winds up dying before he gets a chance to actually become 
famous and everything. And so basically it's about the heart and soul about of be, being able to be in the music industry, I guess. All right. So it's about him trying to relive his dream again, even though he's a ghost. I mean, it's, it's a Disney Pixar movie, so I figured, you know, people that got the money, the flaunt to have um, Super Bowl trailers, makes sense that Disney would be one. Right. That actually does make sense. Then there's... My long shot trailer is the internals. True. I haven't heard that much about the internals on what they're doing with it. We haven't heard much? No. We have the cast. Huh? I said we haven't heard much, but we have the cast. And there goes ESPN on my phone going off. Uh, What was that? Somebody stuns the world. Oh, Luke Cockley from the Panthers announces retirement. Anyhow, we don't know much about the uh, the Eternals. We have the cast. The question is: Is do they have enough shot, and do they have enough made? To make a trailer, or at least a teaser, True. to give us a flavor. That's why I got that as the long shot because you know that's going to be CGI heavy. That is very true. It is going to be very CGI. It's just going to be interesting on how they actually want to incorporate the internals and how they want to do it. So. To be honest with you, I haven't even thought about trailers for the Super Bowl this year because of the fact that we don't really have much to actually work with. Considering the fact he already got a Morbius trailer, we also got a couple of other things. New Mutants. Yeah, we also got a New Mutants. Which actually I was going to, because we were just talking about that on Facebook before we jumped on here. Uh, and to, to go through our conversation again, uh, you said about wanting to get the original X-Men involved in the MCU. Right. Basically, oh, go on. I say, and I hear you on that, because I love my original X-Men. I say, you take either Thanos' snap, Hulk's snap, or Tony's snap of the gauntlet. One of those three snaps made the mutant gene. Okay. I'm going to go with this other theory, though, too, with Hulk Snap. What if, okay, you actually have Hulk Snap, but of course we already know that Tony Snap is what brought everybody back. No, Tony Snap is what killed Thanos and all of his forces. Right, but it also brought everybody back, though, too, right? Or was No, it the, Hulk, the Hulk Snap is the one that brought everybody back, because without that, you wouldn't have had the portal scene. That's right. Okay, that's true. So what I'm thinking is because Hulk brought everybody back, it opened up other portals and other pathways, which is why we have the Nightmare Realm becoming the way it is. Because I think that with the Hulk snap, I think it's going to introduce 
us into the nightmare realm with Doctor Strange. No, they've already confirmed that Wanda is the one that triggers that. But because, well, don't forget, we can actually have it to where in her own mind, Doctor Strange has to go in through her mind and destroy everything that was built in her head because she thinks in her mind that that Vision is still alive and everything is just fine. But our world is actually being torn apart and everything with the repercussions of her doing that. So that's why I'm saying maybe the portals got opened up because of the fact that, you know, maybe that's what's causing it. Yeah, I want to be against the idea of having like a House of M story in Doctor Strange and the Wanda show as well. Um, yeah, what the hell are they calling that? One, Wanda Vision. Yeah. Which is such a horrible name. It really is, if you think about it. And it's going to be a sitcom, too. It's not going to be one of those shows where you're going to be taking it seriously, per se. Yeah. Such, a, such a horrible name. Anyhow, um, go and uh, have a House of M situation. Instead of her saying no more mutants, having her make the mutants. So if you don't use one of the snaps, you can have her make one of them. You can have her make the mutants and have the first mutants be the new mutants. Because human conditioning says that if you don't understand something, what's the first thing you do? You try to lock away the threat. What happens in that trailer? They throw them in a hospital and it's basically a jail. True. So they're locked away. And you know what? <laughs> And that hospital is named after Mr. Sinister as well. And he's notorious for doing stuff like that. And mind you, he's a mutant. And you see, I went and watched the two trailers to get an idea of Disney actually changed a few things out with it. They did, but they still kept the horror element into the the movie itself, which is something that I appreciated. Because I wasn't sure if they were going to keep that horror flavor to it. And they did. And what else I liked about it was the fact that they actually go into the character details of who these characters are and them trying to understand their powers and why that they're, why that they're there. And what Fox did was they just put these kids in the room <laughs> with no background as to why they're there or anything yeah. other than the fact that we have this creepy horror type of flavor type of comic book based movie and that's it. And we get the demon bear. Like- right. Is awesome. <laughs> <laughs> I'm hoping that they actually keep that part in there. It looks like the demon bear is going to be the main antagonist. Right. But what I'm saying with the reshoots and everything, I'm hoping that they didn't decide to go with a whole different type of thing. I just want to see that sequence of having all the faces and the hands come out of the wall. They still Ooh. have that. They actually have that in the trailer. Yeah, I know. I want, I'm, I'm waiting. I cannot wait to see that on the big screen. That is the sequence I want to see right now. It has a very Nightmare on Elm Street kind of flavor to that. Well, they even when they said that was the that's what they were alluding to, right? And that's so. what I liked about it. And that's also why I like the Morbius trailer as well. That Morbius trailer, I don't know much about Morbius. But that Morbius trailer looked badass. I'm a huge Morbius fan. <laughs> See, we're, we're polar opposites. I know Jack. So basically what you're saying is you are the Morbius, what I am to Tony. Right. 
And I know just about everything with Tony as well, but I'm more fluent with Morbius and everything too because I'm a huge vampire fan when it comes to vampire stuff and things like that. Matter of fact, Morbius was actually supposed to be introduced into the Andrew Garfield um, universe. And instead they used Mysterio instead. So what what, what do you love about the trailer? And then after that, I'll tell you what I loved about it. Freaking Vulture? <laughs> Freaking Michael Keaton's in the damn trailer? <laughs> right. It just shows that it's continuity with the uh, Spider-Man universe that Sony and Disney has been working on. It's within the same universe, which also tells me that Venom is also in that same universe with the MCU. Well, remember they said that they wanted to tie it together with the first right. Venom movie, but it didn't, for some reason, didn't come together. Well, here's the reason why. Get this, Tom Holland was actually there on the set uh, of Venom. Then Disney called over to Sony and said, look, we are going to have to pull him out of that because we don't want him to be part of the Venom story. So even though they have the rights to that character, Disney can still go ahead and tell them what they can and cannot do with Venom. So, therefore, that's why we didn't see Tom Holland in the Venom movie. Am I the only one that's looking forward to the second Venom movie doing that Woody Harrelson's Carnage? Oh, dude, I'm excited for that. (laughs) I'm excited to see Carnage in it. I'm excited to see what Tom Hardy has in store for us. And is Woody freaking Harrelson being Carnage? Like, that's totally off-the-wall casting. It really is, if you think about it. But... it's almost like Sony went and said, let's throw spaghetti at the wall and see what sticks. <laughs> right. And another thing, too, is we actually have Tom Holland that might actually be back into the Venom thing, too. So, Well, if he's going to be in Morbius, he's going to have to be in Venom. Right. But tell me this. What did you, okay, so besides the fact that you saw a Vulture in the Morbius thing, what else did you like about Morbius? As far as the trailer itself, the way it looked, or the way it moved, everything. It felt Batman-ish. Like with the darkness level to it and the haunting tone to it? That and the him standing there with his cut hand at the edge of the cave, which I'm assuming, like I said, I don't know Jack about Morbius, but I'm assuming that's how he gets his power. Um is he gets nailed by one of them bats. They start sucking his blood out of his hand or whatever. But um, he's standing there with his palm open with that cut. That felt like something Bruce Wayne would have done. Well, not only that, but who's to say that those are not actual bats that are infected with something else into the DNA. And that's actually part of the cure for his uh, cancer or whatever he wants to be cured of. And it turns out the cure is a lot more is a lot worse than what the uh, disease that he has in, in, in itself. And that's what I loved about the trailer was is acknowledging the fact that well, yeah, yeah. you're cured, but what at, at what cost are you actually cured at? Well, yeah. Well, they alluded to that too, where they he went and said, "How far is too far?" And the okay. one doctor went and said, "When the cure becomes worse than the disease." You see, that's the aspect I liked about that. And then the slow process of the transformation is what I like. Because I don't want it to be where it's like, 
Ooh, I'm Morpheus, the living vampire. I just turned into a vampire. I do not want to see that movie. Because we saw that in the 90s where it's like, okay, I'm a vampire now. I'm going to go and do villain shit. And it makes sense to have Morbius be uh, coming in now when we know that we got Blade coming. Exactly. Because I do remember the name Morbius coming up occasionally with Blade. You see, yes, I need to go back and watch Was he mentioned in the first movie or the second movie? I want to say it was the second one. It's been a long time since I watched them, actually. I need to go back and rewatch that then. They're out. My personal opinion, they're hard to watch, especially the second one, because the CGI towards the end is horrendous. (laughs) I can agree with that. Uh, (laughs) I cringe every time. Did you hear about the... Having to get put back together, I cringe every time. Did you hear about the actor that played Deacon Frost wants to go back and redo Deacon Frost again? Really? Yeah, I actually did a whole article on it. And he said he would love to go on ahead, revisit his... He said he's not all for the reboot or anything like that. As a matter of fact, he's against the reboot. But if they were offering him a chance to actually do something different with his character than what he did in the original film, he was all for it if they offered him the role. Also known as getting it right? Huh? Said also known as getting it right? (laughs) Exactly. But I also felt like he actually added the layers to Deacon Frost that we haven't seen in the 1997 type of comic book movies because they never really had any layers to them. They were always like one layered, one dimensional characters. With Deacon, yeah, on the other hand, he before had some that, your main, your main villain that had layers was Nicholson's Joker. Right. But that's 1980s when they yeah. actually were trying to do something like that. And then, of course, the 90s came, and it was one yeah, dimension. Carries Riddler and Two-Face. And... Right. But if you notice, every single one of those characters were very one-dimensional. Oh, yeah, I know they were. Hell, even Batman was one-dimensional. Right. No layers to them. And the least with... Mr. Freeze and his damn puns. Right. No. I'm not even want to talk about bat nipples or anything like that. <laughs> but, you know, I felt like he did a really, really good job as Deacon Frost to the point where I'm like, you know what? If you can deliver something different to this character that we haven't seen in the first Blade movie, go ahead and do it. And plus, people at Comic Cons and Horror Cons come up to him all the time wanting autographs from him still. So the Deacon Frost character is still going on today. Now, I know we have Blade Cast. I can't remember his name, though. For the life of me. I know it's Ali something. And it starts with an M. But as far as the Morbius trailer itself and what sold me, I like the Fur Elise song from Beethoven on how haunting it was at the very beginning. Uh And then they added in the more of your cinematic type of music to go along with it to make it more heavier and I love that whole entire thing and then also to the repercussions of the cure is what I like and then the slow transformation I'm like okay Jared Leto is gaining his powers throughout each every and every single day or months and he's still trying to figure out what's going on with him just like how Tom Hardy was trying to figure out what was going on with him in Venom and then finally the whole transformation happens and it's just total mind-blowing on the way he looks. He looks like the cover of the comic. He does. 
He really does. And I'm glad that they actually got that right. Because I, I saw a cover of the comic on Facebook, and then they had the picture side by side, and it's mind-blowing. Sony is actually coming back a long way from what they used to do. And I'm proud of Sony for doing the things that they're doing with, as far as the, uh, their franchise goes with Spider-Man and stuff like that with Venom. I call it the Sony-verse with the Sp- Spider-Man stuff. Yeah. Now, <laughs> being that we're on the vampire situation right now, and I keep alluding the Blade, tell me if you agree with this casting choice. Because in my mind's eye, I can just picture this perfectly. Because I don't think that you could get Chris Christopherson to come back as Whistler. I would love to have him back as Whistler. Oh, I would but, too. In a heart. What, what if they do something different though? How about Nicolas Cage? Well, hold on. I'm getting to this. What if we don't have a white Whistler? What if we have Wesley Snipes playing the Whistler part? Do you think Disney would want him? I mean, it wouldn't hurt, but it'd be totally mind blowing to audiences. Like, Wait, is he out of jail for tax evasion? Well, don't forget too. They actually put a Ti, who actually got pulled over for guns as soon as he got out of prison, and cocaine in the back of his trunk. No, no, no. What I'm saying is, is Wesley Snipes actually out of prison to make yeah, the movie? Yeah, out of prison. Don't forget he made. <laughs> don't forget he actually made um, that movie with Stallone. The Expendables. That's right. He did. So, you know, I think it would be an interesting spin on the character if they went on ahead and honored Wesley by putting him as Wesler and getting mm. and I thought, it was, huh? I thought it was a better one for Wesler if we went and kept it status quo. What's that? Chuck Norris. <laughs> I don't know if I can handle Cheesy, more <laughs> Can you imagine all the Chuck Norris jokes? Oh my God. <laughs> but <laughs> I mean, the Nicolas Cage jokes would be plenty as well. But right. especially when he does that Nicolas Cage kind of crazy look, <laughs> you know, and it's more like a Wrestler Nicolas Cage crazy look. <laughs> if you know what I mean. It's like it's like Con Air crazy look. I would say Keanu Reeves, but Keanu Reeves is still a little bit too young. He is too young for that role. And I, I I'm all for having different uh actors playing the character of Whistler, but it just depends on too if the script actually calls for Whistler. That's true too. So, I mean, yeah, we saw Wesler in all three movies, but just because we saw him in three movies, that doesn't mean that the script is actually going to be set up for Wesler at all. But we could always go on ahead and have him rescue Wesler and not knowing who Wesler actually is in maybe a second Blade movie. Yeah, he could be the MacGuffin. Right. Kind of like how Luke was there for episode seven. Right. So, you know, I'm having a lot of fun speculating all this, you know, because I'm I'm a huge Blade fan. I'm also a huge Morbius fan. So, all right. Well, one more because 
far as I know, let me double check here. Yeah, we hit all the topics. So, uh, being we're still on the vampire topic, and it's our final one. Um, favorite vampire movie? I did my top ten list last night. I know, that's why I'm asking you. So, number one, I had Interview with the Vampire. Yeah, I haven't watched very many vampire movies myself, and I'm going to say John Carpenter Vampire. You know what? You and I are the only ones that probably have seen that movie because it's so <laughs> underrated. I know. And the second one is horrible. It was. It was. If you look at the <laughs> cheesiness of it, it's even cheesier than um, Dust Till Dawn. Yeah, I know. It's on that kind of level of cheesiness. <laughs> And the first one is an underrated masterpiece. I agree because I'm like, did you check out John Carpenter's uh, vampires? They're like, wait, he made a vampire movie? Yeah, you have to anybody (laughs) to anybody listening to it. We're now on the one hour mark, and being we're talking about this movie, do not let your kids watch the movie at least for the first 25 minutes. Yeah, it's like total gore fest. It looks like a Quentin Tarantino film out of that whole entire first 15 minutes. Not even that. It's more like soft porn mixed in with Tarantino. Right. That's right, too. I forgot about the uh, nudity and everything else that's in the first (laughs) film. So, just throwing that out there. If you're gonna let, if you're gonna be watching that movie and there's gonna be kids around, make sure that they're not around. Keep them busy for at least the first half hour. After that, you're good. Right. <laughs> Another cheesy movie that you would actually think of is Bram Stoker's Dracula with Keanu Reeves trying to do an English accent. I tried watching that one, and I can't do it. Get this. I saw that movie in the theater at 9 o'clock at night with my mom when I was little because I wanted to see it. And I was actually baffled by it because I was blown away because I was a kid at the time. And then I would go back and rewatch it. And I'm like, I like this movie. The only thing that's actually redeeming itself is having um, the person that's actually Gary Oldman as Dracula is the only thing that's redeeming about that film. <laughs> but, you know. One vampire movie I wish that was good and it's comic book related is Van Helsing. That was good. Uh, I I wasn't a fan of that, to be honest. I thought that was one of Hugh Jackman's weaker roles. I'm going to be honest with you. The CGI did pull me out of the movie (laughs) with that and the way everything looked. Everything looked huge. Like, even when he's chasing down Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde, the special effects for that thing was horrible. Everything looked bulky to me. Yeah. Frankenstein looked bulky. Like, for me... And this, I know this is probably going to be what people call a hot take, but for me, Van Helsing for Hugh Jackman, I mean, if you ignore Wolverine, like, Origins. So, cut that one out of your memory. Van Helsing, to me, is um, Spider-Man 3. I can see that. I can yeah. totally see that. Um I- Spider-Man 3. 
Another thing that was actually pretty cool was the movie Let Me In, which is a vampire-based movie set in the 1980s, and it's going into the details of what would happen if you didn't invite the vampire in, and the person and the vampire just walks in, and it's about this kid also being bullied in high school and in school too, and he doesn't have any friends, and the only person that he actually becomes friends with is this teenage girl that's actually a vampire. I think I've heard of that one before. I just never got around to watching it. It's really it came out in 2010. Not that many people has actually seen it since then. But that's why I always like introducing people to new movies and stuff like that, especially underrated films. I mean, it's kind of like it falls in that category of I want to watch it, but I haven't got to it yet. And It Follows falls in that category, too, for me. It Follows? Yep. Trust me, I didn't. I did not even want to live seeing the sexual, uh, seeing that movie again. I don't want to see a sexually transmitted ghost being attached to someone ever again. <laughs> it was for me. It wasn't all that great, but you know, if you want to check it out, check it out. I just thought like the premise of being followed. All the time. And some of the clips that I've seen, like where the girl's standing there in the hallway door and the girl sitting on the bed, the one that's being followed, and you see this massive, huge guy just run up on this girl. And then it cuts out real quick. Like, that's like, okay, that looks cool. The concept is an original idea. I mean, I'm not going to say that there's the concept wasn't original. Well, see, that's why I want to see it because there's like no original ideas in Hollywood right now. There is, but it's right under your nose that you might actually miss it because I actually watched a lot of original movies recently, like independent films. But, you know, as far as it follows goes, and everything, in order for you to get rid of that ghost, you would have to go in here and sleep with somebody else. And then that ghost winds up following that next person. And if you don't um, attach it to somebody else, that ghost will kill you. All right. <laughs> it's like, hey, want to have sex? Let me get rid of this ghost. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah. All right. Well, we're a little bit over an hour. So, and we're on topics. <laughs> so, anyways, I think that's gonna probably be it, huh? Yeah. Yeah. I I want to talk about 1917, but I don't want to spoil anything for anybody, especially me because I haven't seen it. <laughs> yeah, 1917. Only thing I'll say is I walked out thinking that's not a movie, that's a cinematic experience. And I don't give 10 out of 10s for movies. I normally do like 8s or 7s. My question is this. Is it right up there with Dunkirk? What's that? Is it right up there with Dunkirk? I haven't watched Dunkirk yet. Okay. Because the way that Dunkirk was, it was very, very realistic. It was really well done. So I have that to actually counter with the this movie though too to see how realistic this movie is compared to Dunkirk. This movie is done all in one shot. 
when you meet a character and you walk away from a character, you never see that character again. It's not, you know how your brain's like predisposed to, oh, we met General So-and-so. Right. Back at the beginning. Let's go back and see what they're doing. Right. That is the deal. We, we met General So-and-so. He gave us our mission. Let's get this shit done. Okay. And we never go back. Once you meet somebody and you leave that person, you never go back. Okay. I got it. Like you living the war with them. Like you would go to work and you see your boss and you walk away from your boss and you're like up on the fifth floor of the hospital or whatever. You're obviously not going to see your boss because they're down on whatever floor they're on. It's, that's what it is. It's literally feels like you're standing beside the people that the movie is being focused on. Okay. You're you're the third wheel per se. If that makes any sense. Yeah, that does. I understand what you're saying. So other than that, I really can't go into details because I, I so badly want to and I can't because I don't want to spoil it. I don't want to be that guy. <laughs> So, I'm going to shut up now. Okay. <laughs> so, you got anything else? No, other than the fact that this is John from Movie Lovers Unite. You can actually follow me on Twitter at Movie Lovers Unite. And also on Facebook at Movie Lovers Unite slash TV Lovers Unite. And also, too, you can follow me on Instagram at Movie Lovers Unite as well. And that's all that I wanted uh, to mention for you guys to actually be plugged into. And of course, you can also reach me on my podcast at Movie Loves Tonight as well. And go on ahead, leave a voicemail or whatever. If you have any questions about anything that I've actually talked about on the show, or if you have any topics, go on ahead and give me a shout out. You can also catch him at Hotel Nerd. He's one of our admins. So, and he's, he's pretty active in our group too. We're all pretty active. And I have to say, the group is actually growing a little bit, huh? Yeah, I've noticed that. We're starting to gain a few members. I'm actually happy about that, because I remember for a while, it's grown kind of stale for a little bit. Yeah, we just we kind of had the same people over and over again. I'm seeing a few new faces a little bit. So. All right. And other than... Everything he just said, I'm Chris from Hotel Nerd. I'm the head admin of Hotel Nerd, uh, co-founder with uh, Sheen at Hotel Nerd Facebook group. I'll post a uh, URL for Twitter account uh, in the description when this episode posts as well. So you can follow us on Twitter as well. Um, I've been conversing with Christian Harloff and a lot of the SEN uh, people when they're doing their shows live. I try to do the Schmilbots when I can, when I want to talk to them, get their responses about things. So, I mean, even if I mean, give them those guys a look because they need help too, because they're self, uh, self-financed. So eventually I want to get us to that point too. The problem is, is everybody that's involved is uh, scattered at the moment. <laughs> exactly. We're off doing our own things and stuff like that. So we're trying to get it more uniformed. 
But uh, with that, uh, we're an hour, almost an hour and 11 minutes in. Uh, I mean, thank you for joining the first official episode. Uh, and we'll catch you next time. All right. Later.